You are listening to True Crime Twins, a true crime podcast hosted by Chloe and Melina Cantor. True Crime Twins is produced by Crawlspace Media. Welcome back to True Crime Twins. I'm one of your hosts, Chloe Cantor. This is part two of our series on missing person Sophia McKenna, who disappeared on May 27, 2018, on Ledge Light, which is a lighthouse on the Long Island Sound in Connecticut. For more background on this case, please listen to part one of our series. Today, we dive in deeper into Sophia's story with her mother, Michelle. Michelle McKenna tells us about Sophia's childhood, adult life, friendship with Spencer Mugford, who she disappeared with, and the dynamics of Sophia's abusive relationship with her boyfriend, Austin Perro. Sophia McKenna's life, interrupted at 21, is complicated. In this episode, you will hear stories of intergenerational domestic violence, substance abuse, mental illness, and self-harm. Sophia is multifaceted, fierce, and loved. The purpose of this interview is to better understand Sophia, and it should not be forgotten that Sophia was essentially an adolescent when she disappeared. Had she not gone missing, she would have had the opportunity to mature and grow like the rest of us did. I encourage listeners to have empathy towards Sophia and her mother, and to also use discretion before continuing, as these subjects may be triggering to some. Michelle started by describing Sophia's childhood and some of the struggles she faced. She had a hard life growing up. Her dad was um, very emotionally abusive and he wasn't there. And um, he kind of fucked up our whole little life. It was really sad, you know, Um, because I loved him. We stayed together, but um, Sophia was just, God, she was just in a heart of gold. She was just my little angel. Her dad would always make fun of me in front of the kids because I suffer from depression. I put up with a lot of bullshit from their father and it, it, you know, it really rubbed off on my children because he was definitely like bipolar, like bad. You think you know someone bad. He treats Sophia like shit. And then he would do the same thing to her that he did to me. She was a happy girl, but she had issues, you know, and she wasn't bad. And she was in a weird relationship and she was really unhappy in her high school, like towards her, in her senior, senior year, um, because of, she was bipolar. The doctor put her on medication and she was taking it, but then when she would talk to her dad, he would say to her, oh, you're going to be a pill popper just like your mother, always popping pills. He said that to me throughout our entire um, existence of like knowing each other. We, we met in 92 and there's like no rhyme nor reason for him to be so like blatantly against doctors and medications you know what I mean like I put up with his fucking bullshit for so many years and I didn't realize how much it broke her down you know and so he he broke her down so she would hear from him that she's going to be cuckoo like her mother so Sophia wouldn't take her pills and then she would take her pills 
her whole little life was beautiful. I just, I guess I just wish you can't go back. But um, I loved who she was, regardless of what space rock that she was on one day to the next, you know. We were very close. She, she never moved out up until um, shortly before she went missing. And her young adult life was fucked up. And she was fucked up. Mental illness is, to some people, a joke. And her own father managed to um, drill that in part of her head. Her dad started lashing out at her. And I just, I remember when cell phones were introduced, you know, the shit she would show me that her dad would send her. And I'm like, what is going on? He's been drinking. But even before all of that, Sophia had to witness shit that she should have never witnessed because of her father. Besides her mother and father, Sophia has two younger siblings, Justin and Gracie. Sophia's mother sometimes calls Justin JJ and Gracie Shugs. When she found out she was going to be a big sister, she was pissed. She wasn't having it. <laughs> and then big old chubby JJ came into the world. She loved him. Oh my gosh, she loved him to death. And <laughs> that never changed. But as he got older, as well as she did, she used to beat the crap out of him when he was little. I mean, he ran away from home because they put her and her friends put ketchup on knives and scared him out of the house. And two nice old ladies picked him up at the end of the road coming home from church, for God's sakes. And then one of the neighbors brought him home and I could have killed her that day. <laughs> but then she, she would like, let him drive her car you know as they got older I mean they always loved each other but like oh oh when they, when JJ was about like three they looked so much alike so Sophia and her friend Kendall dressed JJ up Bia and Kendall put makeup on my son Justin a dress and put a long blonde wig on him and he wanted to go ride his Spider-Man bike and they said, well, oh, go ahead. You have to ride it, but you got to do this first. And they made him ride around the block and the little boys were running, riding away from him saying, we can't, we're not going to play with you. Ew. And he came home crying and said, they won't play with me. <laughs> I could have killed her. Because they said, I look like a girl. He looked exactly like her. When JJ was first born, Sophia was pissed that um, I had to go to the hospital because her, her Nunu came over, her grandma from her dad's side. And um she didn't want to come to the hospital. And, well, it was in the middle of the night, too. She was pissed. Um, I remember my ex-mother-in-law, Sharon, saying, you better not come home yet. <laughs> oh, God. And Anyway, Sophia and Justin were thrilled to death when I told them I was pregnant with Gracie. I, I was, like, afraid to tell them because I'm like, they're going to think I'm this old fart. And they were so excited. and. The day I had Gracie, Sophia, they had to bring in another bed for my 16-year-old daughter because she wasn't leaving. Like, I was her life, and she was mine. I was so blessed, and she was such a brat. 
laying right next to me, eating my lunch, eating my dinner, <laughs> not getting up in the middle of the night to change a diaper, bitching about shit, wanting a, Michael Gracie's dad at the time to go get her a fucking Burger King or something like that. I'm like, oh my God. And the nurses just waited on her because they knew her grandma was a nurse at the hospital before, you know, she was still alive at the time. So they all knew who Sophia McKenna was in, in one breath. She would hold her and touch her and hug her and love her. And then in the next breath, oh, fries, what's Michael doing? We'll call him. We'll all call him. She make a big drama scene out of everything. <laughs> Sophia struggled academically and emotionally in school. Her mental state worsened as she progressed through high school, particularly when her great grandmother died. Despite this, Sophia had big dreams. She missed being a carefree child. But if she had to grow up, she wanted to be a nurse and a model. Oh, God, she was a blessing in my life. She always just wanted us to be with her. Like, Sophia never wanted to move, you know? And, like, when my grandma died, Sophia really got depressed because um, she kind of felt lost in life and I wasn't there for her. I was helping my mom deal with the death of her mother. And that's when she started having trouble in high school and she had to go on the 504 plan. She was going to pass or fail. So I had to get her help, you know, because I was dyslexic. I'm like, maybe she's dyslexic too. I don't know. She wanted to be a nurse, but she didn't want to go far away from Austin, which she was still young at that age. So I said, we'll do whatever you want to do, do it around here. And she was afraid to like let go, spread her ring, wings and fly. Having a little one to take care of, like she wasn't my baby anymore. She always would say, mom, I never want to grow up. Like she started reverting back to acting childlike and I should have taken it more seriously than I did. Sophia and her mother were very close. Michelle said Sophia was like her little best friend. Sophia was six when her brother Justin was born, and until then, it was she and her mother against the world. While Sophia struggled with her behavior, she felt remorseful if she hurt her mother's feelings. Sophia wrote her mother beautiful letters, many with apologies and intentions to be better. She is my only writer, and it's so overwhelmingly bittersweet because I read her letters and She's so beautiful. And I miss that, you know? I know my children love me. There's a huge fucking hole where it never used to be. And that's just the feeling of unconditional love and existence and respect and like I said, she, we were together until she had to move out, and everything went downhill after that. Sophia's life began to unravel after she moved out on her own. Things began to get worse in her dynamic with her boyfriend, Austin. Sophia's mother recalls how Sophia could be dramatic, but she knew the situation with Austin was serious. A good friend of mine, Bernadette, she offered to rent um, 
herself and Sophia a place. Sophia was doing massages and that's when her and Austin started just, I don't, I don't even, I don't know what to say. It started before that, um, twisted cycle of, of craziness. And, um, so Sophia would, it, it, she reminded me of, of myself when I was younger and the shit I put up with her father. I knew when she was being dramatic and when she was being like overly dramatic, like when I was sick, when she turned 16, she called the police on me for my 40th birthday because there was no food at home and she wanted McDonald's. <laughs> so she told the police, she called 911 and they uh, called me at my birthday party. And um, yeah, so we had to go home. And um, when I got there, the state troopers were there looking through my cupboards um, because Sophia told them there was no food. And basically she flipped the fuck out, went upstairs, ran in the bathroom, locked herself in with her computer, cell phone, and she wouldn't talk to the police. Keep in mind, this situation occurred when Sophia was 16. Sophia's mother believed she had some attention-seeking tendencies and issues with impulsivity, which is consistent with this incident. When Sophia moved out, she worked as a massage therapist at Red Door Salon. There she met Spencer Mugford, a fisherman from Florida. The two had an immediate connection. I asked Michelle why she thought Sophia and Spencer were so close. The thrill of it, that's why they got the tattoo. The thrill of it by Wiz Khalifa. The story behind that is Sophia called me the next day and said, hey, Ma, or she texted me, Ma, you need to get this tattoo. And she sent it to me. She said, um, and if Austin asks, we went together last night. I mean, she wasn't doing nothing wrong. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> so she's like, all right, yeah, we're going to go get that tattoo done, right? And I'm like, yeah, whenever you're ready. And she's like, oh, I told Austin who I was with. And I'm like, why the fuck would you hide it from him anyway? Like, not to be mean. I'm like, you just like Spencer. He's like a dork. You know, and she's like, no, I know, I know. She goes, I kind of might have misled him a little bit because of drinking. I would honestly say I bet my life that they didn't did not sleep together. She may have kissed him and she did. She had to break it to Spencer because she called me and asked me for advice. I said, Sophia, you need to just be yourself. Be his friend. You have fun when you hang out with him. Yep. Well, hang out with him. You know, like, I'm just trying to, like, you know, he helped her, I think. She had a, a guy friend. I think he wanted more, but I do believe that he was very much like her. So that's basically how we would talk about him. And that's from what I, memories. So my friend Spencer, he was born same time I was and then I remember one time when I told her just to be honest with them she had sent me a, a picture of Spencer sitting on the couch with his head down and like his hands in the air like oh my god like he couldn't believe that she just wanted like he started freaking out she said and that's when I knew she was like serious and I was like okay Sophia just calm down like you know I'm like it's sad but he really likes you but he'll get over it and he did. Like, it was like a, like he acted childish. Like she, she did sometimes, you know what I mean? Like they were one in the same thing she saw. And I'm so glad she found it. You know what I mean? Like she never had really had any guy friends. Sophia's friendship with Spencer by her mother's account 
seemed to be more harmonious than her tempestuous dynamic with Austin. Sophia seemed very happy when she spent time with Spencer. Sophia also found happiness when she got a modeling opportunity. Sophia is 5'9", thin, and strikingly beautiful, so it is no surprise that she pursued this field. This is another thing that brought her to an all, all-time high in her younger years, was when she, she went to do modeling and they told her she got the Danica Patrick gig for Zane or Jade Jeans or something like that. And they told Sophia she got the deal and she was going to be the, um, the picture poster behind the Danica Patrick jeans um, at Target. So you're, you were going to see her in the jeans and it was going to be her signature collection. But then Danica dropped out of it. And I, I mean, I know, I mean, I know my daughter was meant to be a superstar. <laughs> and I just think that she, she just, she shined. So Sophia was vain in that respect. You know, she wanted to be um, Kardashian, um, but, but yet she knew she was like um, Gallagher. <laughs> I mean, she had confidence and she had like that little hillbilly in her because of her father, but like Jersey girl type, because I'm a Jersey girl. Like she was a combination that no one could ever recreate. <laughs> There's just something about her, you know. Sophia's issues with her boyfriend, Austin, escalated when he began using steroids to become more muscular. Steroids can cause severe rage outbursts, among other side effects. I wondered, was Sophia aware that Austin was using steroids? Yes, she used to poke him in the ass, she would say. I was also busy at work. I don't really remember what her um, thoughts were, but more or less they were together all of the time, you know, since they first met on and off. Um, and then... They both were working out and they were both, you know, they were both young and, and they liked to go out to the clubs and whatnot, you know, but they wanted to look good and, and let everybody know that they look good. And Sophia would just get freaking sloshed. And <laughs> Austin, I don't think it like it was out of his comfort zone, you know, um, and she had been bossing him around all these years because he was younger and then he gets on these steroids and he thinks he's going to try to contain Sophia. <laughs> yeah, okay. The inappropriate text messages that Austin sent Sophia's mother, Michelle, coupled with his abusive behavior towards Sophia, led Michelle to disapprove of the relationship. Austin wasn't speaking to Michelle. This changed on May 27th, 2018, when Sophia went missing. When he called me the day she went missing. It was like he had been saying disgusting things to me. So I knew something was up with him. Like when he, he and Sophia would get into a fight, I would tell him off. I would be like, you know, she would be like, kick it out of the house, mom. <laughs> like, Sophia, come on, knock it off. But then I would tell him, don't lay a hand on my daughter. Well, she hits me. It was like they were children, like brother and sister. And Sophia, like when she was younger, that's all she would talk about. I remember when she first started talking about him, like she was embarrassed to like him because he was younger than her, you know, like that's how much pride she had. And she was like, I don't know. He's like so young. And, and that's all she kind of lived for is 
Austin at that time, you know, and then when Austin started doing steroids, I think that just kind of put her at a whole nother level mentally. I don't know if because they were both young or well, both young and immature because you know, I sat them both down after he sent me that stupid nonsense asking me if I want to see his chest and stuff like that. You know, like I sat them both down and I said, enough is enough. I said, you want to go into the Marines? At the time you wanted to go to the Marines, yes. Sophia, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to go wherever he goes. I'm like, okay, do you love each other? Yes, we do. The, his mother and me, like I said, I want you in on this. She said, okay, grow up and get a life and leave us alone. Like stop acting like children because that's what it was. They were acting like children. And then he got mad. And that's when he texted me the stupid, no, 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 no. I told his mom about that. And then he wasn't really talking to me. So, you know, he was like, fuck you still doing steroids. So the day he called me that afternoon, there was a, um, a different, um, tone in his voice but in the very beginning he's like Michelle like what and he's like do you know where Sophia is and I'm like why should I know where your girlfriend's at and he's like Michelle shut the fuck up Sophia's missing I'm like what are you talking about and then he's like she's supposed to meet me at the at the outlet at the outlet at one o'clock and she never met me and you know she would never miss a date never never and then he started panicking like, but it was just like, I was talking to a child at first, you know, like, you want to argue with me about where your girlfriend is? Like, why don't you say, hey, Michelle, um, what, you know, like, so even there, and he to this day says how sorry he is about the way he treated us. He hasn't ever crossed the line and sent anything stupid again. You know what I mean? They were all shared with his mother. <laughs> Well, you were right to do that. She didn't care for Sophia as much as I didn't care for Austin, but we both just not gave up. We were both like, fuck it. Like yeah. just stop, you know, like fucking up our houses and driving over our bushes and shit and putting holes in our wall. I have to say, I was pretty stunned that Austin would ever tell Michelle to shut the F up, especially under those circumstances. His aggression seemed out of control. I asked Michelle, what kind of injuries Austin had inflicted upon Sophia in the past? One time when she punched him in the face and he punched her back and she posted a picture of her. She had like a broken nose. She would post everything on Facebook and whatnot. And then she'd take it down real quick, but long enough for people to be like, oh my God, you poor thing. And, but she just, the bipolar in her just didn't want to acknowledge that she was being abused. And I feel like she felt like everybody was making fun of her, you know? It was sad. Yeah, like she was almost bullied because being a drama queen, you know, and like posting stuff on Facebook, like everybody kind of turned against her. And because she was going back and forth with him, you know, like people would be like, okay, enough is enough. Now you just want attention. Like stop posting in a relationship, out of a relationship, in, out, like pictures of him and oh. her fighting and whatnot. Like social media had a lot to do with what happened. And I don't know how to research any of that. The police went through her cell phone 
she was very smart and organized. Um, she had all of her stuff in her new computer that I bought her, her iMac, like her education, like she was very put together. You know what I mean? Like when she, everything was going okay. Like Austin brought her down, but he brought her back up and then she would bring him down and it would go back and forth, back and forth. And it was just really sad. Sophia's psychiatric and relationship issues boiled over one evening when she attempted suicide. After this incident, Sophia began coping with her demons with alcohol. It was when she slashed her wrists a bunch of times. Just that was a cry out for help. And her and Austin and I, we went to the ER in the ambulance, all three of us together. And it wasn't like a drama scene. She didn't want to live because they had been fighting. And that's when she first started, I'm assuming timeline was she was drinking. And yeah, and that's, that's what he would like tease her with. I want to go out and show off my big steroids, but I'm not bringing you because you drink and you act like a fucking idiot. And that brought her down and caused her to drink more rather than be strong and say, <laughs> you know, I mean, she shouldn't, but she drank because she had a problem, but she didn't know what her problem was. If that makes any sense. One day she um, got so mad at him that she sped after him on our dirt road, which is a half mile, like really dark. She, she went to go chase after him and then she realized, fuck this, I'm not going to let him get the best of me. She turned around texting and driving. She slammed into a tree and almost killed herself. I totaled her car and Sophia was very depressed when she went missing, before she went missing, but she hid it very well. It's just sad. And now, a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now back to the show. Next, Michelle gives more insight on the day Sophia went missing. Sophia and Austin had spent the day of May 27th relaxing at the beach. We learned that Austin and his brother Dalton planned to attend a party later that night. He told Sophia not to come because he was embarrassed by how she acted when she drank. Sophia instead hung out with Spencer. Interestingly, Austin and his brother did not end up attending this party. He told police that they were too tired, and so they stayed home that night. When Austin called me that day, he started being very serious, and he said that somebody of Spencer's family said that he may have been with Sophia last night. And I said, oh, shit, she may have been. And he said, we were supposed to go to a party, but I told her she couldn't come because the way she drinks. And then she said, that's fine. I'm going fishing with Spencer. And he goes, that's it. And I said, well, just meet me at the outlets tomorrow. Like, they were okay. You know what I mean? Like, he knew she was okay. And that was, I think that made her feel really good because he had broken up with the woman that he had met. And, you know, she kind of just said, I get it. I act like a fucking idiot when I drink. So if you want to go to the stupid party, go ahead. We're going to do something. (laughs) And they would go Her and Spencer would like go fishing, but it always involved drinking, getting completely hammered. Like they would go fishing. And then one night he got pulled over for drunk driving and he flipped the fuck out. And Sophia had to call and Sophia, she would always call me, mom, mom, this just happened. And I had to drive his car home. And what do I do? I'm like, well, 
find his uncle. And she's like, what do I do? I go Google it. And then she, you know, get back to me. I think it was at work. And I mean, they were just like fucking Bonnie and Clyde. And I don't mean that disrespectfully to anyone that died. Austin said, check your phone. I said, I'll call you right back. I checked my phone because Gracie was playing with it in the morning. I didn't look at it because back in the day and whatever, I wasn't into my phone. And so we went swimming all day and then Austin told me, look at my phone. I said, okay, I'll call you right back because I can't do two things at once. And I called the missed numbers 205, 206, 207, 208, 208, 208, 208 and 209 AM. I had all those missed calls and I called the number and it went directly to voicemail. And it said, it, it all came, it hit me at once. I saw, I remember it was a Florida number, Spencer's from Florida. And then I heard Spencer and went right to voicemail. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And then I called Austin back. And that's like, he, he said, he goes, something's wrong, Michelle. And I said, well, get over here, meet me at where I was staying. I said, and um, I'll call the police. You call, start calling hospitals. But I even said, don't text and drive. And then he came over and um, I don't remember much, but it was just really sad. I do believe there was two pictures and one video. Yeah, it's like two, two o'clock. And then the phone calls, something had to have happened like obviously wasn't while they were on that boat right you know I don't know they got to ledge light she posted or Spencer must have taken the picture of her with no trespassing and she's smiling I love that picture you know and then there was I think one of him on snapchat and she wrote something about it and then the video I don't know when the video was taken is what I'm saying but According to the phone calls, something happened. Bad, something bad was happening starting at 2.05. Regardless of what was posted anywhere, something bad started to happen. That's how I think. Something was wrong. I don't know. Something, something happened. And I don't think it was good, whatever it was. Spencer Mugford was found deceased in the Long Island Sound nine days after he and Sophia went missing. His cause of death is not specifically listed publicly, though many assume he drowned. I asked Michelle if she was privy to how Spencer died. Randy Silvestri, state police, said what they could release to me, the police, and they said there was alcohol involved. But then there was another one that only his parents had privy to, uh, and they never informed me of what happened with that. If you have any information about what happened to Spencer Mugford and Sophia McKenna on May 27, 2018, please contact the Connecticut State Police at 860-848-6532. Thank you for listening to part two of our series on Missing Sophia McKenna. Please subscribe to our channel for future episodes regarding this case. You can also keep up with True Crime Twins on social media. Our TikTok is True Crime Twins. Our Twitter is True Crime Twins. And our Instagram is True Crime Twins Podcast.